Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. As we reflect on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount these last three Sundays, a pattern emerges in Jesus' teaching and in the way that we, by nature, perceive his words and act on them. What is it uh, that we hear when Jesus said, blessed are those who? And then again, when we hear Jesus describe his followers as salt and light. These were the themes for the last two Sundays. Well, we naturally assume that these tell us what we must do to be considered true followers of Jesus. But we learned that Jesus is revealing himself to those who hunger and thirst for justice, that they find it and are blessed in him. We who hunger and thirst for justice, peace, comfort, and strength are blessed because we find it ultimately in him. Likewise, we are not challenged by Jesus to be salt and light, rather to remain in him and reflect the light of his love to others and to flavor and preserve others' lives with our faith in whom we believe and trust. In today's gospel, Jesus teaches his disciples on portions of the Ten Commandments. He says, you have heard it said. And each one of this is followed by his response, but I tell you, and he does this about six times. I keep referring back to the first part of Jesus' sermon on the mount because like any conversation, you can't just jump into the middle of the conversation. As with any conversation, you risk misunderstanding if you just get bits and pieces in the middle. To understand and apply Jesus' teaching in today's gospel, you need to understand Jesus. You need to get it Jesus right. And to get it Jesus right, I mean you get it gospel right. Gospel is good news that comes from God alone. Whatever Jesus has is a gift to you and me. It is something that God does for and to you and me. Not what you or I do for God. The alternative to that is to understand that what Jesus is teaching is law or command. The law commands. It demands. The law and commandments measure what you do as unworthy unless you can measure up to them and be called a disciple or a follower. Our human problem is that we can only hear Jesus' words in one way. Our problem is God's creation who has strayed from him means that we are thirsty. We are hungry humans who long for peace. We desire comfort, and we suffer in pain to have our physical, spiritual, and emotional wounds healed. We desire to be free from sin, forgiven, and not suffer, but we don't know the way out because in our sinful nature, we live by the law meeting its demands, suffering under punishment, wanting more because we lack. By nature, that is, 
sinful nature, you and I do not have any good news in ourselves. If we want to be anything or have anything or find any comfort or peace or justice, we have to work our work, our action, our progress. That's what we do. That's how we live by the law, the law of our sinful nature. But not so with Christ. What he promises and calls us to be, claims us as his children, it is gospel. It's a gift, freely given by God. His forgiveness and his eternal life is a gift, not a requirement. Paul writes to the Ephesians, you have been saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast about themselves. We have no gospel to look forward to except that it come from God alone, and it has. We illustrated that last week. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for peace. We may hear, my behavior of being a social activist makes me blessed. But what Jesus says, however, is gospel. Remember, he is saying to those who hunger and thirst for justice that they can stop looking because they have found their justice in me. Jesus is gospel. And when Jesus says, you are salt and light, we immediately tend to think of it as law, something that we need to complete in order to be among those who follow him. But you are salt and light because you abide in him. That's gospel. Jesus says, abiding in me, following me, you cannot help to give flavor to the lives of others around you and show God's gracious love and mercy. The whole message of Scripture is that Christ has set you free from living as slaves to sinning or missing the mark with God. He has set you free from your sinful nature, so you now live freely as salt and as light in the world. You are no longer subservient to a law, but freely live in love. No commandment can stipulate how you are to live this new life in Christ. In other words, you don't keep track of what you do as if you're ticking off a checklist of do's and don'ts to fulfill a requirement to be blessed and holy and forgiven and saved. And we know this up here. We know this in our heads. But our bodies and our beings react differently. They react as sinful human flesh in whose nature you and I still live. So we go in today's gospel knowing that you are blessed and that your needs are met in Christ. He said that at the beginning of his sermon, that you are salt and light in this world. But when you hear Jesus' words today, you begin to quiver and wiggle and turn in on yourselves. Especially hearing the last verse, which was not part of our text, in verse 48, concluding the chapter, it says, Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. They might resonate. Be, be, be perfect, perfect, perfect. And as you walk through life, be, be perfect, perfect, perfect. Crap. I thought I understood it. I thought I had it. Okay, I'm done for. I might as well go home. I was comforted when Jesus said, I'm blessed because I have him. I was encouraged when he said, I was salt and light because through faith, 
I live as seasoning to the world and show his light of his face to reveal the gospel. But now I'm back to square one, thinking, what must I do to be perfect? Oh my gosh, I know I'm not perfect. My wife tells me every week. I know I don't measure up to God's demands for holiness, and I don't need a special revelation to know that. Adding insult to injury, Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, thank you, Lord, for that reminder. So why is this so difficult? to understand what he's saying. Why call us blessed and salt and light and then say we, our righteousness must be perfect? Because your righteousness is truly righteous only in Christ. Paul quotes the prophet Habakkuk in Galatians and in Romans, and he says, the righteous shall live by faith. We live not by our righteousness, but by Christ's righteousness. By faith means by Christ. Christ is our righteousness, and in him, our righteousness does surpass that of the Pharisees. Sure, you can take the Pharisaical route and attempt to be righteous on your own through your obedience to the law. In this, the Pharisees excelled, adding minute details in which to be obedient, adding things to the law to show that they were righteous people. The Jews tried to find their righteousness through their obedience to the law, as Jesus points this out in the verses that follow. You've heard it said, right from the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. So if you want to live the way the Pharisees do and tick off boxes, and attempt to rely on your old righteousness to be salt and light and be blessed, then you'll have to do everything that this commandment requires. And Jesus obliges you if you want to live this way. But I tell you, if this is your route, then you will have to make peace with everyone, be angry with no one, provoke no one to anger, don't cause any division, because the fulfillment of this commandment is ultimately love and sacrifice. Love does not keep tabs or count what it does. It doesn't tick off boxes in a have-to way. It doesn't flaunt itself so that everyone can see and marvel at my actions. Loving your neighbor and denying yourself knows no law. Can you do that? Well, not even the Pharisees can. To make matters worse, Jesus hits another tender spot for you, your sexuality. Again, Jesus says, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. Now, a checklist response to this is, yep, didn't do that. I'm still with my woman. I'm still with my man. But no, if you're ticking that checkbox, trying to obey and show your righteousness like that of the Pharisees, then you have to love completely. Once again, Jesus obliges us saying, but I tell you, if this is your route to righteousness, that you will have to take care and respect and honor 
your neighbor's wife. Supporting them both in their marriage, deny your sexual biological responses to your fleshly desires. Can you do that? Even to not look at another woman or man? Well, not even the Pharisees can. Jesus' third example challenges your view of integrity. We all want people to believe us, don't we? Even when we're telling a lie. We want to promote our own virtue, our own valor. So we swear an oath. Swearing an oath is to call on something higher in power than you, which is why we say, swear to God. In doing so, you're asking God to testify on your behalf that you are righteous and true in all things said and done. Basically, you make God subservient to your righteousness. I'm truthful and I'm righteous. Look, God will tell you. God doesn't lie. I'm sorry. So can you simply rely on yourself? Not bring God or something exterior into the picture? Just say yes or no and let you and the true you be found out? Can you do that? Can you be that vulnerable? Well, not even the Pharisees can. And that's where Jesus has us, you and me. You can't be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You can't even surpass the righteousness, the self-righteousness of the Pharisees. You can't, Jesus' words, convict the disciples, the Pharisees, and us of our unrighteousness if we do it ourselves. You are not salt and light. If you don't follow him, you will never be. You are not the light of the world. You are in the dark and blind if you don't follow him. You are not blessed if you do not follow and have faith in him. It's true. You will not be righteous if you do not follow him to the cross where your sinful, unrighteous flesh is put on display in, with, and under the death of the sinless and perfect and obedient Son of God. There, behold your righteousness. So Jesus' words detail for the Pharisees and the disciples and for you and me that we are by nature know in our conscience to be true that we will never measure up to produce repentance or acknowledgement or confession that he alone is our righteousness and that only in him our righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees. Here you see in Christ's words your sinful self, your dark moments, your insubordinate stumbling through life, drunk on selfish desires or self-righteousness. But Jesus heals those who stumble. All who are insubordinate, all who do not honor God, and all who, do, who believe they are worthy and measure up to salvation, he says to the lame, take up your bed and walk. Your sins are forgiven. To we who are blind, he says, receive your sight. To we who are dumb, he opens our mouths. Your faith has made you whole, meaning they are whole because of Jesus in whom they have placed their faith meaning you are whole because of Jesus' words in whom you have placed your faith, 
Because when you believe and follow Jesus, you receive that forgiveness. You can walk in the world as salt and light. You can be a blessing to others as you have been blessed. All this because you have been made whole, complete, lacking in nothing. You are healed. You are complete in Christ. To be whole is to be perfect. The Greek word for perfect means complete, lacking in nothing, made whole, finished. Be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. These words of Jesus are again not commands, but descriptions of the lives of those who follow him. They are gifts not to be earned, definitely not deserved. Gifts. In Christ, you are perfect. You lack nothing. You are made whole. You are a new person. You are clothed with his righteousness. You do not live under the law or by the law, but by the love of Christ, which knows no bounds, no requirements. You are not perfect because you are not whole. You are not complete. You are, will always lack something. But only in Christ are you complete and whole. You need nothing else but him. You receive all from him. Your imperfections become him perfections. As his children, live guided by love, not commands. You are Christ to your neighbor, offering up yourselves in sacrifice of servitude to their needs. You can do this only because you are a new, whole, complete person in Christ. You are free from self-ambitions, desires, anger, division, vengeance that would pit you against someone else in this world. All of this is rooted in selfishness and selfishness is rooted in being incomplete in some way, shape, or form. But in Christ you lack nothing. He provides for all your needs, all your needs on every occasion, in every moment, in every circumstance. Always, in all places, you are never lacking. Live freely as a whole, perfect person in Christ. Love in a world that is looking to be whole. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.